0: And I'm so happy that God just led you here. I have a special message for you, and I want you to sit back and relax and just enjoy this because I feel like the Holy Spirit is just brooding over my heart over this message, and I just want you to uh, enjoy it and, and perhaps learn some things about Christian history in American history. I want to talk this morning about America's prophetic assignment From God. Let me say that again America's prophetic assignment from God. And I want to read two scriptures to you, and then I'm going to have three points for you. And so just open your heart and listen to God's heart, I believe, for this nation. Psalm 67, verse 1 says, God be merciful to us and bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us, Selah. That your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously. And govern the nations on the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Psalm 33, verse 12, says this. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Can I say that again? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we are so blessed to live in this day, in this era of American history. We thank you, God. That we are allowed to stand in this pulpit and sit in this place and worship you freely. You have given us breath and life. You have given us sight and strength. And you have blessed our hands so that we, Lord, are a blessed people. You have given us your Son, Father. Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ and whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. And we long for those liberties of spiritual freedom and natural freedom to be given to all and experienced by all. And we thank you that that truly is what our heritage in this nation is all about. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Give him praise. It is the 245th birthday of our beloved nation. And on this day, July 4th, 2021, as Christians, as Christians living in the United States of America, we do well to remember the purpose of God and the prophetic assignment of the Christian men and women who established this nation and helped establish this nation. Do I think America has a prophetic assignment from God and it still exists today? Yes, I do. Before this nation was settled by those seeking religious freedom. And obviously there were Indian nations throughout this land. But there were pilgrims seeking freedom from tyranny where they experienced it in Europe. Before the pilgrims arrived on these shores, they gathered below the deck of the Mayflower. And this is is history. And they signed what they called the Mayflower Compact, which revealed their intent, and listen to this, their intent was for the glory, quote-unquote, for the glory of God. The pilgrim charter, the pilgrims were Christians. They feared God. They loved God. This was before, obviously, 1620 is definitely way before 1776 but the Pilgrim Charter of 1620 states that its purpose was, listen, quote, to advance the enlargement of the Christian faith to the glory of Almighty God. And see, that is our heritage as Christian Americans, as American Christians, whether you're black or white or Hispanic, it doesn't matter your color. How many know our blood runs red and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son has cleansed us from all of our sin. Jew and Gentile alike. Hallelujah. You who were not a people are now the people of God. And that's where we draw our heritage with those who believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, who settled this land. And so what is America's prophetic assignment? And what is the prophetic assignment of every nation? Because every nation has an assignment from God, and every nation is allowed to choose the God of heaven and His Son, Jesus Christ, as their Savior. And to serve him and to pass laws that propagate freedom for all and the enlargement of Christianity in the nations. What is America's prophetic assignment and the assignment from God for every nation? I believe it's this, but America is trying to realize this. America, our nation, and Christians within our nation especially are endeavoring to fulfill this prophetic assignment from God. And it is this, three points. Number one, it is to advance the enlargement of Christianity to the glory of Almighty God. See, the Christians are to advance the gospel. I can't expect the government to do that. I expect the government to not infringe upon my right to advance the gospel or to hinder my speech in any way. Concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the Christian who is to advance the gospel through the preaching of the gospel. Establishing churches throughout our land. And so the pilgrims had this right. That is our heritage today. The pilgrims desired a nation that would allow Biblical Christianity to flourish, not state-sponsored, quote-unquote, Christianity, or some offshoot of biblical Christianity, but real Christianity that stood for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the born-again experience and the establishment of the church of the living God among people who wanted to worship God in spirit and in truth like you have experienced today. Whenever a nation's laws protect the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, Christianity always flourishes. Why? Because it's real and God backs up the gospel. Remember on Mount Carmel in the Bible Amen. when Elijah and the false prophets of Baal stood there and Elijah cut all, called all of Israel together and said, Let the God that answers by fire be God. Amen. Let that God be God. Yes. And so they prayed and all the false prophets who were deceiving the people. How many know there are wheat and tares in every nation? Yes. And there are those who serve God and those who pretend to serve Him. And these false prophets, 450 false prophets of Baal stood there, lashing themselves, calling upon their God, Baal, no fire from heaven. But a small prayer, a little small prayer from Elijah. After he had cut the sacrifice and laden it with water even upon stone, the fire fell and the power of God was revealed. Who is God? It's the God of the Bible. Yes. Amen. The God of Israel, the God of the church. What is America's prophetic assignment? It is to demonstrate, I believe, the church is to demonstrate, as the pilgrims said, the advancement of the gospel of yes. Jesus Christ. Number two, what is America's prophetic assignment in any nation who chooses to serve God, who chooses to create freedoms that cause the gospel to go forth and other freedoms that we so enjoy. Number two, it is to establish for its citizens laws based on equality and justice and liberty for all. This is every nation's assignment. And this is God's kind of government. Our government. Though formed by imperfect men, and as I said, every nation have wheats, wheat and tares. Remember that parable? The wheat and the tares. Jesus said, in the, in the kingdom there are those who are good and those who are not. And the enemy sows those who are not, but God sows in a nation those that are good and righteous. A nation is to create laws that bring about freedom. And these profound words, I believe, written in our Declaration of Independence were part of God's assignment for our nation. Not only what the pilgrims said, but now in 1776, the Declaration of Independence was, I believe, in the preamble, some of the greatest words ever penned By people in the earth for the betterment of other people. And this is what it reads. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Somebody say amen. Amen. That they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the framers of our Constitution knew and recognized that our freedoms, that is, real freedoms, God-ordained freedoms, came from God. They come from God, not from man and not from government. Fifty-six men on that day that signed the Declaration of Independence, 24 of them, did you know this, held seminary or Bible school degrees from the 13 colonies. And they laid down their life to throw off the tyranny of King George III. They shed their blood for freedom and liberty. And we honor that today. Do we not? Yes, we do. See, our heritage as Americans and as American Christians is founded in the rich Christian history and in God's providential hand. Number three, what is God's prophetic assignment for America? It is for Christians to advance the gospel, for our nation to create laws that create equality and justice, and the ability to pursue contentment. That's what happiness means in our nation. Number three, it is to preserve these liberties, birthed 245 years ago, and continue, of course, to honor. Almighty God. I believe that our founding fathers and mothers, they were not perfect men and women. They were not at all. But they had an idea. They had an idea about freedom. And they had an understanding about God. And this is what George Washington said. He is quoted, Whereas it is the duty, listen, of all nations just not America, uh, the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will. That is nations, just not Christians, nations. Yeah. To obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits and humbly to implore His protection and favor. Many of our founding fathers and mothers were not Christians. There were many tears among the wheat and it began to show up through god's love and i believe god loves all nations equally i believe god's favor can be equally upon every nation but not all nations serve him equally i'm not not talking about christians now i'm talking about a nation of people we are all americans and there are wheat And terrors. Remember that. Not all countries were founded on Judeo Christian principles like America. Regardless of what is being written and taught today in our schools and shared in our presses and media and academia, we are the only nation on earth built upon the Christian. Faith, and we must live it out, and we must never give up on it. We must always fight for the liberties and justice for all that God promises in his word. And that are written in our declaration. Any nation that honors the Lord is promised the blessings of the Lord. Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I love John Adams. He is... One of my favorite founding fathers, and there's reason for it. He was the second president of the United States of America, and he was vice president to George Washington. And he was a voice to abolish slavery in the Revolutionary War, 85 years before the Civil War was fought. And this is what he said. He He offers a hypothetical because he was a born-again Christian believer. This is what he says, quote, Suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. Every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice and kindness and charity toward his fellow man, and to piety and love and reverence toward Almighty God. What a utopia! What a paradise! Would this region be yeah. blessed? Is the nation whose God is the Lord? Amen. Even though the words and many words of our founding fathers, the founding fathers and mothers of our nation were inspired by God and biblical, and we stand upon them today, many like John Adams, who endeavored with every assembly and every possible stand to secure freedom for future generations, for themselves and future generations. And those millions who were enslaved at the time, Americans who were enslaved at the time, John Adams' voice rang out. And for those millions of enslaved Americans, at the time. Rang hollow for them. But there were voices. Again. wheat among tares. And that's who you are. And that's who I challenge you to be. To be wheat among the tares. Among the evil. Be the good. How many understand. That we overcome evil with good. That's what the Bible tells us. America was not living up. To its prophetic assignment. The Revolutionary War was fought. The Declaration of Independence was fought. And yet there were millions enslaved still. And so for 85 years, from 1776, when this nation became a nation and fought for its independence... Until 1861, the southern states rebelled against God's law and the Constitution the law of freedom, the law of liberty, and the law to pursue happiness yes. among its citizens. And so, until April. 20 or April 12, 1861, when the southern states finally fired on Fort Sumter, South Carolina, and the four year civil war ensued. Can you imagine our nation in a civil war? It fought our nation, and it was a fight for freedom and justice for all. It was wheat fighting, it was the wheat of God. And fighting for freedom. In the years leading up to the civil war, great abolitionists rose up and they were Christians. Most of them were Christian, and most of them were women. How many of you know abolition abolitionist women were amazing in that time? Come on, somebody give God praise. To hold, they were to hold America accountable. To its prophetic assignment, stated in the Constitution and by the pilgrims and by the laws of the land, Christian abolitionists were an unrelenting voice for 85 years. Although many were, quote unquote, enlightened Philosophers, that is abolitionists of those times, and they opposed slavery. It was the Christian activists throughout Europe and the United States, usually believers from uninstitutional churches, those churches that, that were not run by the state, who were at the forefront of the, of the abolitionist movement. And did you know that Great Britain abolished slavery 100 years before America ever did? One of those great voices, one of those great abolitionists, and I'm talking about fighting for freedom and liberty and justice for all. This is who Christians are. This is who we are as a nation of kings and priests in the house of God. But one of those great voices, and I feel probably the greatest of them all, was Frederick Douglass. Anybody know who Frederick Douglass is? In his Fourth of July speech, which was on the 5th of July in 1852, 76 years after the science, 76 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Frederick Douglass, the great abolitionist, statesman, orator, writer, and former slave, who saw all the atrocities, this is what he says. And it's amazing. You should read his speech called, What is July 4th to the Slave? It's powerful. But this is what he says. And he acknowledges the fight for independence that our forefathers and our founders fought for. This is what he says. He acknowledged the founding fathers of America, the architects of the Declaration of Independence, for their commitment, quote, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but exposed in his speech the hypocrisy of the southern states for continuing to hold millions of Americans in slavery. And at this time, listen, Slavery was spreading into the northern states. And they were passing laws at the time. If you can believe this. And the abolitionists were speaking out. And up rises a man out of nowhere, Abraham Lincoln. God always has a man. God always has a people who will fight for liberty and justice for all. For all. For all. This is what Frederick Douglass says. Fellow citizens, I am not wanting in respect for the fathers of this republic. This is 70-some years later. The signers of the Declaration of Independence were brave men. They were great men, too. Great enough to give frame, listen to this, to a great age of which now, We enjoy. Frederick Douglass goes on to say, It does not often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men. The point from which I am compelled to view them is not certainly the most favorable. And yet I cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration. They were statesmen, patriots, and heroes. And for the good they did and the principles they contended for, I will unite with you to honor their memory. But he goes on to say, and in this blazing speech that you can read word for word, he goes on to say, but what have I? For those I represent to do with your national independence are the great principles. Remember America's prophetic assignment from God are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that declaration of independence extended to us. Speaking of the millions of Americans still enslaved after decades after the Declaration of Independence was written. Nine years after this speech, civil war began. And those in the northern states said that is it. The Mason-Dixon line, which was the line of demarcation where runaway slaves could come and be free. They said, we are establishing this once again. And they did away with those laws and they fought for freedom. See, the tide for God-given life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, sometimes it turns slowly and many times it is painful. And some of us may face those same pains and those same difficulties in the coming days of American history if the Lord tarries. Because there is oppression. Oppression. On the horizon. There is persecution for Christians again. Nevertheless, it turns. And it turned for the oppressed millions in the South. The atrocity and the shame of American slavery must be abolished, they thought. These were Christians. It must be abolished forever and stricken from our land forever If America is to fulfill God's prophetic assignment, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. The Civil War was fought and won by the free northern states and President Abraham Lincoln in his Emancipation Proclamation and 13th Amendment In the Constitution of the United States brought about the end of the long process of legalized slavery in America. This is American history and this is something to remember. And these are things that we have to hold to as Americans, never to repeat them again. But also to celebrate the things that are good and that were right about the founding of our nation. Why such a long process? I've often asked myself that question. Why such a long process from the Declaration of Independence and the fighting of the Revolutionary War? And so many people of that era were fighting for the freedom, even at the Revolutionary War, for the freedom of those who had been enslaved, the millions. Why so long? Again, I have to refer to the evil, the evil men and wicked principalities that try to govern evil men and try to thwart the plan and the destiny of nations. We have a warfare that is not of this world. We fight against principalities and powers, and that's why your prayers are so important. But your votes and your voice are just as important. Abraham Lincoln said this about freedom. He said, those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. And under a just God cannot long retain that freedom. I believe that America was going to be destroyed by evil men during the Civil War. I believe that whole war was fought with evil intention. But there was good and God fought for America. Just like he fought for our founding fathers against the tyranny of King George. The struggle for equality and liberty for the newly freed Americans would continue for another 100 years in the South until 1960s and the civil rights movement led by Martin Luther King. And this is what he quotes about it all. Listen to this. It's so good. He says, I have a dream. That one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Somebody shout amen. It took a preacher. It took a man. God raises a man or a woman again to speak to the injustice of a nation that is to be free and to hold freedom as good for all. It was and is the American Christian, true worshippers of God, who have led the way to these great principles of advancing the gospel, of life, liberty, justice, and the pursuit of happiness for all. More so than ever before, we should pray and fight. Listen, now we have a fight as well. It is a fight to abolish, I believe, the two greatest sins of our nation. And that is to end abortion. End abortion. We have to be a voice to the voiceless. We have to defend the right to life for the unborn. To liberty for the unborn. And the pursuit of happiness for the unborn. And the abolition and the and to abolish human trafficking that still exists in our nation and around the nations of the world, which is slavery. Amen. Slavery still exists on a massive scale. Yes. Yes. Yes, it and Christians must lead the way. Amen. Psalm 33:5 says this: for the Lord loves righteousness. And justice. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm almost done. Clarence Thomas. How many know who Clarence Thomas is? He's He's my favorite justice. Clarence Thomas, United States Supreme Court Justice. In his dissent against Roe versus Wade says this. Roe versus Wade was, quote, grievously wrong and should be overturned somebody say amen. amen for those who love righteousness and judgment justice it is right and appropriate for us to declare on this independence day july 4th 2021 that god is our god and that we give him thanks for our nation and the freedoms we defend and we love today It is not idolatry as some religious leaders would say to give thanks to God for our nation and his blessings upon it. No more than it would be idolatry to give thanks for good mothers on Mother's Day. Therefore I believe it is right in the sight of God to be unapologetically Christian and at the same time unashamedly patriotic. Because I know what I desire to see happen for all mankind. Why am I unapologetically Christian and unashamedly patriotic? Listen, because I am thankful that I am a child of God and I am a son of American liberty. That's why. Because American liberty speaks something concerning the prophetic assignment of nations for their people. I'm going to give you a few quotes and I'll close. I promise. Where's Tara? Come on up here, Tara. Patrick Henry said this. He was one of our founding fathers who contended to throw off the tyranny. And the oppression. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists. But by Christians. Not on religion. But on the gospel of Jesus Christ. George Washington said, quote, it would be impossible to govern rightly without God and the Bible. In 1632, when Maryland was chartered as a colony, they wrote, we are motivated with the pious zeal for extending the Christian faith. Andrew Jackson said this, our seventh president, the Bible is the rock upon which Our republic rests. And let me give you this. See, I believe that in forming our nation and the government of our nation, that our founding fathers wanted to take tyrannical power out of one man's hand and, and create a system of checks and balances. And these are our three branches of government. But it's found in the Bible. Did you know the three branches of government are found in the Bible? Listen to this. And these men were men who studied the Word of God. They knew this, and and there's record that they founded our nation based on this scripture from Isaiah 33, verse 22. For the Lord is our judge, that is the judicial branch, the Lord is our lawgiver. That is the legislative branch. And the Lord is our king. That is the executive branch. He will save us. Let me read it the way it should be read. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Somebody give God praise in this house. I want you to stand with me. Oh, I got done at 5 after 12. Hallelujah. God bless America. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Miracles never cease. I love what John Adams said. I have to quote. He's, he is probably my favorite founding father. He says, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord. And I don't believe See, when I wave this flag or when we put a flag out on the corner, you know what I see? I see liberty and justice for all. For all. And I will fight for that. For all. Even the unborn. Somebody say amen. I want you to grab your flag. Don't wave it yet. Because we're going to sing that song. God bless America. Bring those lights down. Let's create a little mood with the Lord. Hallelujah. Did I make sense for you today? Come on. Somebody say, man, I appreciate that. I, I love our nation. I love every person in it. And the Lord knows, I'm very proud of our nation, but I will not ignore the tragedies that we've come through, but we've come through them and we will come through them again. I want you to make this decree to the Lord. I want you to lift your heart to the Lord and say this. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge you as my God and Jesus. As my King. I declare. And decree. Jesus is my Savior. And the Savior. Of the world. Thank you. For our nation. America. And the freedoms. That you have given me. And that have been hard fought. To achieve for all. Life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and justice for all. Thank you for our prophetic destiny to advance the cause of Christianity in our land and all the nations of the earth. Continue to bless us as the psalmist wrote and give us your power and your protection and vision to fulfill it in Jesus mighty name we pray amen